And I'm on today's On the Air, folks, music and inspiration. So glad you are with us. Do you have a favorite psalm that you go to when uh, you just are trying to get focused? Do you have a, a favorite song or maybe an old hymn that you like? Some uh, verses of scripture just uh, will strike us in a nostalgic way because we read them at a time when we were really hurting or seeking direction in our life or just really just trying to uh, come into a deeper walk with the Lord. I can remember very clearly having an experience when I was in chapel when I was in seminary. I'm going to tell you about it in just a moment. Let's worship His majesty. Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. It's funny how that psalm has been there all along. That verse of scripture, maybe I've read it, maybe I haven't. But on that one particular day, we had chapel every day, halfway through the morning, and I went in a few minutes early. Uh, my class lit out, or I didn't have something right before chapel, so I was able to spend an extra few minutes, grab the uh, Bible out of the pew in front of me, and sat there and open randomly to the book of Psalms. And my eyes fell on Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Well, that's true, I thought. But then I read, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. That sounds like quicksand to me. The more you struggle in it, the deeper you go. He set my feet on a rock. Totally the opposite, isn't it? And gave, my, gave me a firm place to stand. Sounds like salvation. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. No one can recount to them were I to speak and tell of them. They would be too many to declare. Well, when I read verse 2 and 3, of this Psalm 40. I thought, what a picture of salvation, sinking and not being able to get out of it. Now at that point, I'd been a Christian about four years, and I was still discovering much of the Old Testament. I was not like some people that came to know Christ and they read the Old Testament through and then again and again and again, or I should even say the complete Bible. But I was one of these people who struggled. It was an uphill thing to read, especially in the Old Testament. Maintaining a quiet time on a regular basis every day is the secret of a growing Christian. But even today, I struggle with that. There are things that just bombard you first thing in the morning, and that's when I believe is the best time for me. Early in the morning, I will seek thee. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, you don't want to ask that at the end of the day, right? And so I, I'd like to get focused, get my day started. It is a struggle, especially when you're traveling. And this was a struggle back in seminary days as well. I had to get up early, had to take the bus and the streetcar across Philadelphia and get to the Overbrook area, those of you who know Philadelphia, and go to the seminary there. And 
what a joy, though. The classes were so inspiring as well as educational, academic. And chapel was always exciting for me. I always got something out. I love singing along with all the seminarians that were there. But this particular morning, as I read that psalm, it, it just leaped out to me of a picture of being brought out of the muck and the mire, the quicksand, absolutely no hope. The thing about quicksand is the more you struggle, the further you go down. And unless you have an outside source to lift you out of that, you can't, go, uh, you can't get out. You just can't. I remember seeing a movie years ago called Run Wild, Run Free. And I was a Christian at the time when I saw it, so it made a real impression on me. It was about a big, beautiful horse. And this horse was just running and uh, doing well out in the pastures, and, but he ran into some quicksand. And when the owners found the horse struggling in the quicksand, they knew they were going to lose that horse. And the only way to get that horse out, as powerful as that horse was, as powerful as he was, they had to get an outside source. Well, there wasn't any crane. They couldn't bring They were out in the, in the wilds, you know. And they, so they brought this heavy-duty truck and, uh, with a winch on it and tow uh, device. And they had to put a harness as best they could around the, the horse, strapping him from a distance. They couldn't walk in that stuff either. And then they started to pull and pull. And it was very difficult. But eventually they got that horse out and that horse was a mess. Although it was a beautiful horse. Right then it was a mess. And it had would have died if it had not been pulled out of the muck and the mire, out of that quicksand. But it needed an outside source to do it. And that's the picture of our salvation. Without an outside source, we are doomed to eternal destruction because we are part of our own problem. And the more we struggle in it, the worse it gets. Our world is like that. Our individual lives are like that. And in many cases, our families are like that until Jesus intervenes in our lives and we say yes and they pull on their rope. We put our hands out and we grip on the lifeline of Jesus and he and he alone can pull us out. And when he does, when he does, the next verse sums it up. He put a new song in my mouth. I don't know what I was singing up to that point, but now I'm going to sing something differently. You know, I got something that to sing about that matters. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. That's what makes the song new. Instead of praising society or praising myself or singing about some nonsense or singing about in a melancholy way uh, what I wish life could be like and all my fears and struggles and love lives that didn't work out and on and on and on the songs go it says many will see and fear and put their trust in the lord because of your testimony because of your changed life because of the new song in your life because of what jesus did he lifted you out it's your story it's your testimony it's your song it's nobody else's nobody can argue with you they may not believe you they may reject it but they can't argue with you because it's your story. That's Psalm 40, folks. The first four or five verses, look them over, meditate on them, see what Jesus has done for you. It was two years ago, last July, that a woman by the name of Delia Knox, who is at that point 22 years old, 
more, uh, excuse me, she had been crippled for 22 years. She was possibly in her 40s, maybe approaching 50. But she had been in a car wreck and her back was damaged in such a way that it paralyzed her legs. And she had been in a wheelchair, unable to walk, paralyzed from the waist down for 22 years. And she went to a special set of meetings, revival meetings in Mobile, Alabama. And Nathan Morris from England was the speaker. And previously, about a month or two before that, he had been invited just as one of four speakers for a special week of meetings. And he was the speaker on the concluding night. And he's only 32 years old, comes out of a wild background, but God really touched him in a powerful way and had called him in to the ministry of healing and evangelism and preaching. And here he was now in the United States. Well, miracles began to break out at that service. And so they held Nathan over and they had to move the meetings into a larger auditorium in Mobile, Alabama. Delia Knox was uh, taken that night in a wheelchair and sat in the wheelchair section. She had married a man who had uh, been a pastor uh, for a number of years and his wife had died. And uh, Delia, although she was crippled, was a, an incredible singer and she was a worship leader in their church. And sometime after his wife died, he, the bishop, as they called him, married Delia. And he married her in that condition, never expecting her to be anything different. But on that night, when the service was going on, hundreds and hundreds of people were there, and the healing power of the Lord was moving upon the people. And Nathan Morris looked down and felt specifically drawn by the Spirit of God to go down and pray for her. And as he did, her feet began to twitch. She felt a tingling in her feet. And without the assistance of other people, but with their encouragement, her arms being strong enough, she pushed herself up in her wheelchair to her feet. The people, of course, were very, very excited and were cheering her on. And she took a step. Then she took another step. A couple people assisted her by balancing her. You got to realize that those muscles hadn't been used in 22 years. And she began to step. She took another step, another step, and she began to increase. Well, she didn't go running around the auditorium, but she was walking. And she went back to her wheelchair, and as they were leaving, they had to push her, of course, out to the parking garage. It was too long a walk for her new legs to work. And she went home. The next morning, as she was waking up, she said, I wonder if this is all a dream. And as she attempted to swing her legs over the side of the bed, yes, they worked. They worked. Over the side of the bed they went, and she was able to stand. Now she walked a little bit in her bedroom. Then she began to walk more and more in the house as the days went on. People uh, heard about this all over the Mobile, Alabama area. And yet when she would go to uh, a supermarket or uh, I should say the mall or something, she would use her wheelchair. Somebody would push her and some people would say, well, I thought you were healed. They're almost mocking her. But it, it was just too much to walk just there at the beginning. 
But pretty soon, pretty soon, the strength came back. The night that I attended that meeting up in Mobile, Alabama, was approximately uh, six, seven weeks after she had had that experience. And when it came time to give her testimony, they showed up on the screen what had happened that six weeks earlier, how she had begun to get out of the chair and taken a few feeble steps and then a few more and a few more. And then they began to play that song and Delia Knox came out across the platform across the stage and she was wearing high heels and she was walking without any problem, almost leaping and praising the Lord, giving thanks for what the Lord had done. I understand that she was from the Rochester, Minnesota area and the she was going to go back up to visit her family and the newspapers, of course, and the televisions caught wind of this story and they actually met her at the airport if I get the story correct and met her at her house and here she is walking and the newspapers were covering full on this story of a woman raised up after 22 years many many wonderful miracles of the power of God are happening in our day and age but that song she just sang it out he's my healer my healer because there was no other source like I was telling you at the beginning of Psalm 40 verses 1 through 5. The story of the horse caught in the quicksand. She had no other resource. That's how a picture of our salvation, but it was a picture of her healing too. Because she was in a situation where she could not help herself. She had no other plans except to walk when she got to heaven. She'd had people pray at so many meetings over the years and then after a while just resigned herself to the fact, I guess that's the way I'm going to be. But God had other plans and God did a wonderful work in her life. And Delia Knox is her name. And I believe you can look on Google and find that out and you can watch her testimony. Uh, you could go to the website and go to the Bay of the Holy Spirit Revival or just Mobile Alabama Revival, something like that. And um, you could punch that in, in the archives, in the testimonies, and see that very thing. Exciting to see what the Lord is doing in our day and age. At the American Tract Society, we constantly receive mail from people who have accepted Christ as Savior through a gospel tract. Long distance letters are not unusual. An Australian wrote, I recently read your tract, How to Become a Christian, and because of it, I have finally received Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. We've heard the same thing from many countries, places like Indonesia, Poland, Germany, Jamaica, even the tiny Islamic state of Qatar. How do tracts printed in America make their way to these destinations? We have no idea, but God is at work getting his word to those who need to hear. You can help with your support of the American Tract Society. To learn more about the American Tract Society, please call 1-800-704-7672 or check us out on the World Wide Web at gospelcom.net slash ATS. The American Tract Society, helping you tell others about Christ. What if a farmer who um, was a new farmer comes from the city, buys some land out in the countryside and he wants to start his own farm and his garden and he goes out in the field and he, he doesn't see any crops growing and nothing's happening. 
And this goes on and nothing seems to be coming up on the ground. So he's kind of wondering what's wrong with the ground. Uh, can't really figure it out. So he went over to a neighbor farmer and uh, presented his problem to him. And as he presents this problem, the um, other farmer says, well, what kind of seeds are you using? What, what are you putting in the ground? And uh, the new farmer says, seeds? You have to put something in? Seeds? Now that sounds silly, doesn't it? And yet, how can we reap if we do not sow? How can we reap a harvest of souls if we're not sowing any tracts, the word of God, speaking testimonies? It's the same principle. It's the same principle. We use that verse out of Galatians, what you sow, you reap, you know, kind of when somebody messes their life up, you know, and it comes back to them, the constant, well, what you sow, you reap. Well, the truth is there with gospel sowing of the tracks of the word of God. If you're not sowing anything, you're not going to see anything. Well, you might say, well, not everybody responds. Some people tear up. That may happen. But what if uh, one out of a hundred come to know the Lord and find eternal life? It's worth every bit of it, isn't it? So let's continue to sow the word of God and reap a harvest for the kingdom of God.